miss this. You can't hear who.
say good morning to y'all today so good morning but I'm too excited I just want to worship the Lord so let's go ahead and give him some praise
Nothing is impossible to the Lord. Do you have an impossible situation right now? Let me tell you, if you put the I am on the front of that situation, that impossible will become possible. Amen? I want you right now just to lift your hearts in your hands. Would you pray with me as we surrender this service, as we establish the government in his name? Come on, church. Come on, believers. Father, we come before you today to establish a government in your name. Lord, we know, mighty God, that you desire, Lord, to reach down and to touch and to liberate. Liberate, Lord God, your children. In this house, Lord God, that you are Lord and Savior and King of all. Lord, you're taking, Lord God, the impossible and making it possible through the power of the Word, the Spirit, and the blood. In Jesus' name. And everybody in agreement said amen. Amen. Let's hear the in today. As you give the Lord a hand clap of praise, let's hear the in and worship God. God bless you.
of people who come together to make decisions and to execute government. And when Jesus said to Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I think many times in the body of Christ, we've, we don't know where the word church comes from. The word church is a group of people who come together. That's why when Jesus said, were any two joined together, and agree as touching any one thing. What did he say? I am there in the midst of them. He said, you've established a government in my name. Just two people, me and Mike at home can build a church. And that's why two people, we can agree and we can. I wanna let you know, there is an anti-church movement afoot in the world. The seedlings of it happen pre-COVID. COVID buried the seeds and fertilized it and poured miracle grow on it. Like it or not, I'm just letting you know what's going on. I mean, it's time for you to turn the Pied Piper off. Here's the reality. There's an anti-church movement afoot. Anti-church anti-government of God. This anti-church movement, there is an all-out attack against giving in the local body. Anti-tithe, moving hard and fast right now through the body of Christ. How many of y'all have heard it? Raise your hand. Some of you have, some of you haven't. There is anti-every, there's anti-assembly. What are they preventing? People gathering together and bringing power down. Don't be blinded by this. This is a different exhortation than I normally do, but I feel led of the Lord to say this this morning. That when we come together, we need to understand what we are doing and the significance of what we are doing. When the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourself together, especially when you see that day approaching, what is that day, this day? He said that by the Spirit of God because he knew there would be an all-out attack against what? Assembling together. Gee, have we seen that? I don't know. But here's what I want to tell you. I have learned through my very few years. Y'all laugh. That's funny now, right? I used to say that and they go, yeah, amen. I have learned through the years a tactic of the enemy. I have learned to observe what he's doing 
to discover what he's afraid of. I have learned to see what he's trying to hide to discover what's going on. Like my daughter, when she got out of high school, Lainey, she'll kill me for saying this. She went and got a tattoo right here on her side. She tattooed Philippians. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I said, you weren't very smart, were you? How are you going to read it? That's why you shouldn't get tattoos at 18. I can do something. I just can't read it. <laughs> and, she, and she didn't tell me because I was not been for it. And you're saying, are you against tattoos? I'm against tattoos on my children. I'm just saying. Why? And some of you are like, what? I have a son-in-law. I'm not against tattoos. I just don't want anything that will diminish or hinder my children in any advancement in the world. I made them and it came out of me that didn't have a tattoo and I don't want one on them. I made her myself. You see? <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I'm not mad at tattoos. Don't have nothing against them. Not legalism. I'm just saying this is my own. You can have an opinion, right? It's okay to have an opinion. Thank you. Gosh. Anyway, years later, she, she fessed up. Hey, mom, I got a tattoo. Oh, really? I already know. How did you know? I said, Lainey, I know what you're doing by what you're hiding. All of a sudden, you got struck with severe modesty. Her shirt down all the time. I'm like, what are you doing? I learned a principle. I know what the devil's doing by what he's hiding. And when he's coming after the church, hear me loud and clear, Christians. This is not a conversation about if you're already offended by that, you might as well leave because we're not going to be friends. We're gonna, I'm going to be offending you right and left, back and forward. I mean, it's going to be offense all the time. I'll just apologize once to you. Sorry. Cover it. The reality is this. God is raising up a church. Not a denomination. But he's raising up a capital church, a universal church, an ecclesia, and it's going to be black, and it's going to be white church, and it's going to be a Hispanic church, and it's going to be an Asian church, and it's going to be an Eastern European church, and it's going to be South American. It's going to be a church from all four corners of the globe, and this church is going to be filled with power and authority and filled with people who know their governmental rights and we declare no in the name of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Guys, we are that close. Every time I hear something else coming out against the church, I say, that's all right, devil, just show your cards. Just show your cards because we're winning this thing because we're going to have a church, Dennis, and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. And that church is also a bride, and he's coming back for a glorious bride, and she won't have spot or wrinkle.
This is going to be a holiness movement. You know, a real holiness movement. One that gets on the inside of you. That's in the name of Jesus. I am a member of that church. And I come against every lying spirit that would seek to destroy the church because she is the bride of Christ and she is the governmental authority on this earth. And I come against every lying thought in every human heart that would seek to undermine the working of the church in the world because this church will go forth and it will reach north, south, east and west and we will see the kingdom of God glorified on earth and he will receive glory and honor and praise in the name of Jesus hallelujah come on and praise him this morning praise God you can be seated if you're able today let me let me just say this on the side of offense I didn't want to tell you, babe, but I got a tattoo. No, I'm just kidding. You know, I, I was, I grew up in a little denominational church, and I quit, and our family quit long about junior high years, and then I started my career as a drunken and drug addict and all that other business, but, you know, we'd go to honky-tonks and all that kind of stuff, or we'd go out to keg parties and that kind of business, and we would beat each other black and blue. We just just fist fight, just knocking each other down, and then we would get up and shake hands and hug and laugh and talk about all the bruises that we had on our faces, become the best of friends. So let me tell you, take it all into perspective. Amen. Praise God. Don't let the spirit of offense keep you out of where God wants to take you. Amen. Amen. Okay, you too victories for you. You get to leave early. The rest of you, you got to stick around till, till 1.30, okay? I want our ushers to make their way down today as we're going to receive, as we continue to worship God this morning in giving. And today, as the word of the Lord says, if you will give, it will be given back to you, pressed down, shaken over, and running over. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So I want you to do something today. I want you to ask the Lord what he would have you to give. Ask the Lord. I don't believe you can find anywhere in here where you see God as a stingy God. But he said, I want you to emulate me. I want you to imitate me. And you do that through giving. Today, let's ask the Lord what he would have us. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you. We glorify and magnify your name. I pray today, that Lord, that you right now, Lord God, would speak to every heart. Lord, pertaining to the blessing you want to pour out into their life and into their spirit. And Lord, we just thank you, Father God, that this is your kingdom and you are building it. And Lord, we give you the praise and the honor and the glory. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you as you give today.
Just lift your hands in worship right now, if you will. Lord, we just want to thank you. We just want to thank you, Lord. <clears throat> thank you, Father, for your merciful kindness. Hallelujah. 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 Worthy is the Lord, the light, and the Lamb. Worthy is the King. Worthy is the living God. Worthy is the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Merciful God. Merciful God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we come before the throne of grace, Lord, and we just ask, God, help in time of need. Pray for the anointing, Lord God, that crushes every yoke, opens blinded eyes, causes ears, God, to begin to hear what the Spirit is saying into the church. Father, it is your presence, Lord God, that we desire today. Lord, move, Father, in us and through us. Let your glory, Father God, permeate our hearts and our spirits today. In Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Why don't you take your Bibles with me, if you will, and go to Matthew, Matthew the ninth chapter. Matthew the ninth chapter. As you turn over there, let me, the title of this morning's message is simply, Ready to Receive. Ready to Receive. Are you ready to receive today? I pray that uh, you will before you leave today. We look here, I'm going to read out of the Amplified Version of the Word of God. It, it kind of encapsulates in, uh, the, the entirety of the text, Matthew 9 and verse 9. And says, and Jesus went on from there. Where was he going on from? If you read Mark 2 and then you back up in, in Matthew 9, you'll see that there was a man in Mark 2... Matthew doesn't give quite the description, but in Mark 2, it's when they tore the roof off and they lowered the man down and he was healed. Uh, after that took place, now here is Jesus, Mark and Matthew paralleled in this chapter here. And as Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew, also known as Levi, sitting in the tax collector's booth. And he said to him, follow me. As my disciple, accepting me as your master and teacher and walking the same path of life that I walk. And Matthew got up and he followed him. Then as Jesus was reclining at the table in Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners, including non-observant Jews, those who rejected the Pharisaical ordinances, and interpretations of the law came and ate with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your master eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when the, Jesus heard this, he said, those who are healthy have no need for a physician. But only those who are sick Go and learn what this means. I desire compassion for those in distress and not animal sacrifice. For I did not come to call to repentance the self-proclaimed righteous who sees no need to change, but sinners, those who recognize their sin and actively seek forgiveness. Are you ready 
to receive? Are you ready to receive? Now, as we look at this passage, what I, I want you to understand that Jesus went to Matthew's house after he called him. He was invited. Now, Jesus not only went to houses uh, of, of sinners and tax collectors, the Bible says that he went to the house of, of, of a Pharisee named Simon. So he would, Jesus will go where he is invited. By the way, what is this? Did somebody put this here? Did you do this, babe? Angel? We'll get to it in a minute. We'll see what's under it. I'll just mess with it. <laughs> Somebody's like, whoa, hey, I'm out of here. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> tricks, we got tricks. So, but what we see here, now, I, this is what I don't want us to do. I don't want us to do. Let's don't glamorize or let us not, let us not assign heroes of the tax collectors and sinners and let's not on the same hand and he'll stay where he's received but he's attracted to humanity he, he wanted the Pharisees to receive Ah, Lord, the healers in the house, and then there's the Pharisees that are just maybe passing by the house. They didn't go to Jesus. No, no, no. They didn't want to do that. They went to, uh, in this particular occurrence, they, they came by and, and talked to the disciples. Doesn't Jesus know that he's defiling himself by eating with IRS agents? Now, that's kind of our reference point because, and if you work for the IRS, I'm so sorry. I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you a running start after the service, but they're just drawing a check and doing their job. But in this particular case, a tax collector, man, those are individuals that they sat and they were receiving, they worked for a government, Roman government, that had subjugated Israel and other nations, and now you had to pay taxes and I don't know who enjoys paying taxes. It's, well, it, it, it's, not, it's not always fun. But what we see here is they would many times, the tax collectors, as they received the taxes, they lived on the little extra increase that they got on top of that. So it was heavy taxation, and then there was a little kickback on their part. And the fact is, is they were working for this government that is keeping them oppressed. So... He was looked at as an individual who was a traitor to his own country. So here is, and Jesus, you're going to go eat with these people? And sinners? And the, why we, we put the word sinner in there, it's the ones that did not observe the pharisaical interpretation of the law. So they had traditions of men, and they would just add to and 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 add to. And if you were associated with a, with a sinner, one that didn't follow our ritual rites, then you were considered an individual who was going to cause defilement. So a lot of times we get in our mind that God won't come near to us because of man's interpretation of the Word of God. 
that the Lord doesn't hear the cry of the of the helpless he doesn't hear the cry of the one who, who who says Lord I need help today so back to the question what's under this thing I, I, the Lord just gave me a very simple illustration and I hope that I hope that this will help you every time that you partake in this action any guesses of what's in here nobody like even cares so the worship team knows <laughs> But I, I just want to give a, a, a simple example here. How many was expecting that? I'm hoping this doesn't spill. Okay. <laughs> no, it's just pure water. <laughs> Agua. <laughs> now, I have here before me, I have two, what, two clear cups. Yes, this is going to be our new visitor's cup after we have friend day in October, but uh, it's got crossroads. So if you've got friends, bring them. And if you bring a friend, we might give you one too. Okay. But I, I, I was looking for some clear cups. And so it's just got our logo on there. So two clear cups. Can anybody tell me, those sitting close enough, can you tell me what the difference in this cup is and this cup? Very good. Very good. So the, this is complicated, okay? All right. You got a cup with a lid, and you got a cup without a lid. Now, as we look at this, if we can get this down, folks, it's so simple, it, is, it, it could have profound impact on our life. For this scenario right here, we're going to call this the Pharisee, and we're going to call this the recipients or the inviters, the in this particular case, the tax collectors and sinners, the receivers. Are you ready to receive? Are you ready to receive? Yes. Now, there are those of you in here who would never identify yourself as a Pharisee. You would never identify yourself as a, as, a, as a person who would be so rigid that you could only see your corner of the world and no other. You, you, would, you wouldn't ever profess the fact that, that you would compare yourself to someone else. That you've ever lived on the basis of your, your self-worth measured by what you do and how you earn to determine how you receive. Andrew Murray, wonderful author, such profound teaching, he says this, speaking of the parable of the, of the Pharisee who comes in and Jesus says, he, he says as he looks down upon this, this sinner that is sitting over there and he's beating his chest, he won't even lift his face up and he, he's just asking God for mercy and the Pharisee comes in and his profession is, oh God, I'm, I'm just so glad that I'm not like everybody else. Hmm? I'm not like this sinner. I'm just not like him. But see, we wouldn't profess that in our right mind. If you do, we may need to medicate you. You wouldn't walk in and, and, and profess that. But see, when you fall into self-effort and self-righteous behavior, what you begin to do is it's a comparison between you and someone else. 
It is a constant measuring yourself against someone else. And there's lots of folks that I've talked to in a, in a lot of different scenarios and a lot of different places. Uh, and I hear a, a prevailing uh, attitude that says, well, uh, I may not be as good as him, but I'm certainly better than them. And so they base the righteousness upon the malthesis, the shortcomings, the whatever of someone else. Let me just say to you, the righteousness I'm talking about today is not a righteousness that can be measured from man's side. It's a righteousness that has been given to us by the one man. And we just look to him, the author and the finisher of our faith. But see, Andrew Murray said, beware of the Pharisee in me. Now let me expound upon that. The Pharisee in me. See, I, I don't believe that the power of God has been diluted. I don't believe the power of God has been hidden. I don't believe the power of God is any less today than it was the moment that Jesus declared it is finished. I don't believe the power of God is any less than uh, the, the moment that the Spirit of God was poured out at Pentecost uh, and they began to speak in a language unlearned to them uh, the very glorious works of God that every nation represented in the, on those feast days began to hear. I do not believe that the power of God has waned any when the shadow of Peter will heal the sick. I believe that there's a light, the glory of Jesus Christ continues to shine through the heart of the church. There is healing available for every individual. And I do not believe that God is going to allow this last day church to limp in just beaten and battered and abused and end up far less than what we started. No, I see Ezekiel's river and it's not getting any less, it's getting greater. And I believe the river of God is going to continue to flow and the power of God is real and God is just looking for some individuals who begin to discover who they are in Christ the Pharisee in me I'm picking on the religious but I already spilt a big bunch this morning already so it'll dry don't worry Nothing getting in. See, this lid could be a lid of shame. This lid keeps the refreshing water of God flowing in my life. It, it could be regret. How can, how can I fix this? I'll just work harder. Just do more. I'll learn the first five books of the Bible and I'll be able to recite them and, and now I'll have victory. This lid could be disappointment. God, my expectation was here. You should have showed up. Why didn't you do it? What is wrong with me?
See, the Pharisee in me is one who always wants to earn God's blessing in my life. The Pharisee in me is the one that, see, see understand this, folks. God doesn't change the nature of sin. He changes the nature of the sinner. He changes us into who we need to be by the grace and the power of his completed work. He, he, he changes who we are and he takes the nature of sin and the alienated mind out of us and he puts the aligned mind, the mind of Christ in us and we soon discover, look, I can't earn this thing. I can't be good enough to get it. I looked at this morning, it's a quick, quick reference. How many miracles did Jesus do on the Sabbath? The day of rest, according to the law, just no, no, no manual work, and it was to be done. Seven miracles on the day, on the Sabbath. Seven, seven, seven miracles on the Sabbath. Healed Peter's mother. Healed the man with the withered hand. Healed the the blind man. Healed the man at uh, at, at the pool of Bethesda. They just messing up the rest day. <laughs> they just, they just. He just going to, to town, and, and lo and behold, majority of the time, there were those that were there, the Pharisees, mostly. They were just like, there's six other days you could heal. You don't have to heal on the seventh day, on the Sabbath day. You could heal seeing the other. You're breaking the law. This man for 38 years was, was infirmed and could not move, had to have someone carry him down. And he put his hope and confidence in a, in, in a legend that he believed that would take place, or maybe it did, I don't know. But there was a pool and the waters were troubled. You could get into it and be healed. And for 38 years, they drug him down there and drug him home and drug him down there and drug him home. And whoa, well, I guess, sir, I'm gonna have to wait till tomorrow because because there's some guys that are just not going to be happy over the fact that you're going to get up. How'd he get there? Good question. I don't know. <laughs> See, how often is God wanting to move, to fill us up to overflowing with his spirit? <clears throat> we got this this lid on us thinking that we've got to outrun our past we've got to outrun our shame we've got to do something to earn the right not to feel the pain anymore we've got to put forth some sort of effort on our side to measure up to the goodness of our father Lord's just saying, all I need you to do is be willing to receive. Just open your heart to receive what you don't earn, what you can't earn. In fact, it's a gift that I'm going to give to you. But you've got to, you've got to, I believe the first step to a miracle is being receptive to a miracle. And the only way you can have a miracle is you can't produce it. It's not a miracle if you can produce it. If I pray for you and you can do what you did before I prayed for you, can you call that a miracle? No. 
This lady right here who had a Holy Ghost benefit this morning uh, came in to tell me today that the doctors had given her son 25% uh, uh, a chance of living and they're going to have to go through all these procedures in order to, in order to have uh, any quality of life. And she said, you know what? He doesn't have to go through all those added procedures because his numbers are off the charts uh, because God is a healer. Now, you might think that this is how the Lord wants us to live. Amen. I did watch this class, excuse me. You may think this is how God wants us to live, to come and to lift the lid and say, God, you do what you want to do. And this, man, this looks good, doesn't it? Those of you that are thirsty, and you might think, man, that's, a, that's the way God wants me to live right there, is full is full, but I'm telling you, God wants us to live a, a little deeper, and I hope this thing doesn't float, but I believe God wants us to live like this. I, I think we need to just lift the lid off of Jesus and say, Lord, I want to live like this. I want, I want, this is the life I'm looking for. God, I don't want lids on me and lids on the service and lids on your people. Lord, I want to walk around with a pharmaceutical mindset thinking uh, I'm just going to keep ducking and hiding and hoping that nobody finds out how horrible I really am. Lord, I just want to lift it up and say, oh God, I don't deserve it. And Lord, but I'm willing to receive it. Open my heart. Open my mind, open my spirit, oh God. Let me be ready to receive. Lord, show me something in the last service that we were in with Gloria. He said, the breakthrough, uh, he didn't say this, but this is the impression I got. The gifts and the callings of God have been enslaved in the hearts of my children. It's, it's been enslaved in there. And they have kept this lid holding on, holding on to the failure, to the regret, to the shame. And the Lord began to show us, began to show me that if we will surrender this to the Lord. If we will surrender this, you know what this is. If you will surrender that to the Lord, this is what he has in store for you. I didn't watch this cup, so I'm not drinking out of it. But this is what the Lord has in store for you. It doesn't matter if you're a Pharisee, a tax collector, or a sinner. The Lord has designed and desired for you to live in the fullness of the overflow of the glory of God. And my prayer for you is every time you pour a glass of water, this is what you think of. Every time you pour a glass of water, you're thinking, man, the refreshing comes from him and him alone. It's not something I have earned. He is attracted to me. He is attracted to me. And my wife embarrassed my daughter. I'm going to embarrass my wife right now. First time I met her was on a blind date. She was blind. The Lord healed her after we were married. She walked up the steps of that gym and she, well, I seen her and the Lord spoke to me and here I am a heathen heathens but at that moment I heard the voice of God 
So that was the mother of your children. I thought, come to me. That's, that's not the embarrassing part. There is literally, when she walks in the room, she takes my breath away to this day. There are times where she walks in, and I'm like, see, when the Lord looks at you, he's attracted to you. There are times where you walk in, and he's so in love with you. He's so in love with you. Take his breath away. That he wants, he wants to bring you so close. He wanted to do for the Pharisees the same that the tax collectors and the and the sinners were in there. They were all broken, and they were all in need of a physician. The, their self-efforts were not making any, there were those that were trying through self-effort to be righteous and those who quit and gave up and just said, I'm just going to go earn a buck and I'm just going to, I can't measure up to that. I'm just going to be me. But both of them were broken. Jesus was attracted to them. He said, I will die for you to bring you into relationship with my Father if you will just get rid of this. Everything will change. Now, I want you to hear this. Here's, here's Matthew. Here's Matthew, Levi, the tax collector, sitting at a, Jesus is going, he's getting ready to have a campaign down by the shore and he's walking by and he sees Matthew and he says, Matthew, you come follow me. I don't know about you, but I just have a sneaky feeling that there was a, the anointed one was speaking under the anointing. And all of a sudden, there was eyes that had been closed that had been opened in his spirit and in his heart. But I don't know that because there's others that had been called, but they didn't choose to get on the path. But I don't know about you, but I just have a sneaky feeling that Matthew was a little getting a little sick and tired of being who he was. He was, uh, he was public enemy number one. We walked into the house and he was a man who had means, but when he walked into the house, uh, everything that he saw was a direct result uh, of his betrayal of his nation in order to receive that. Historians tell us this, that Matthew, one of the disciples who had means, he funded many of the campaigns, according to the church fathers and historians. He funded many of the disciples in their missionary journeys. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not advocating poverty, but what I am advocating is selling out. And historians say that Matthew died penniless. <laughs> penniless. So he gave what he had. For the cause of the king. But see, here's Matthew. And I, I believe the first step of getting the, getting the lid off is you've got to get to the place where you're just a little sick and tired of self. I think when you get tired enough of that shame, you'll start loosening the lid 
on that receptor of your heart. When you get a little tired of walking in fear and anxiety and condemnation all of the time and you get tired of trying to live up to standards that you can never meet and let me just clue you in on this. The legalists that are making you feel that way, they are selective. You can't do it. You'll never be good enough to receive it. But oh, I've got some really good news. And the good news name is Jesus. And he's right there. And when he declared to Telestai, it's finished, that's what he meant. Because the words went out of his mouth and they would not return because they had already accomplished through his blood sacrifice. Mm. You know, there's a liberation that will be engaged in your life today if you will stop trying to earn the favor of God. Just take that lid off and surrender that. I I believe Matthew got a little tired of who he was. I I think he got just a little tired of trying to, as always, being the bad guy and the butt of the jokes and and, and always walking that, that trail. And when Jesus came by that day, he said, he said, follow me. Now, the word of the Lord says he got up. You got to get up. You keep sitting where you're at in that, in that, in that seat of shame, you're going to stay right there. When Peter was awoken in the, uh, awakened in the, is it awoke or awakened? Awoke. Awake, awoke. He got up. Awakened, thank you. So he was awakened. If he would have stayed there till morning, those guards that were asleep, they'd have woke up too. Because too often God wakes people up in the midst of their of their of their cage and they don't get up. They just sit right there. They keep hanging around the same ones they've been hanging around. They keep drinking the same drink that they were drinking. They keep saddling up to the same place they've been saddling up. Let me tell you, if you want to be free, you got to get up and you got to start following. The Lord didn't say, I want you to lead me, son. I want you to lead me, son. Come here, Matthew. I'm perplexed. I need you. I need to follow you. Would you get up and start moving? You're thinking, that sounds ludicrous. Exactly. But there's a lot of folks that are saying, Jesus, I need you to come follow me. I need you to come follow me. I I need you to go where I go, and I I need you to do what I do, and I need you to say what I say. And the Lord's saying, no, I didn't call. I'm not here to follow you. You're going to follow me. And if the church gets to the place where they start putting these rigid rules upon God and start saying, Lord, I'm going to follow you to the ends of the earth. I'm going to do what you tell me to do, when you're telling me to do it, and how you're telling me to do it. Now, you know what it does? It relieves the burden feeling like it's all about me. I'm following the Lord. I'm following him. And what, how's he going to lead me? He's going to, I got to line it up with the book. Amen. I, I, I got I to know his voice by knowing what, what, he, what he put down here. When we started out, it was, it was before the days of Facebook. And I didn't even have a telephone. This is how sad I was. It was before what he means and what he says but I want you to notice something here is we are really truly going to start to draw to a close
maybe. Matthew got up and he followed the Lord. Anybody pick up on, see, the Lord sees us better than we see ourselves. We've heard it said, sin will take you further than you want to go, leave you there longer than you're willing to stay, cost you more than you're willing to pay. But let me tell you, when you get up and you begin to follow God, he will truly cause you to do more than you thought you could do, be more than you thought you could be, go further than you ever thought you could go. He can take a, a, a broken-hearted, self-afflicting person and, and take right out of the drug and alcohol culture and, and infuse in my heart something new and cause me to do things I never believed was possible in myself. But see, I had to get to the place and the Lord is continuing to take lids off and lids off and lids off, not so that I could be any better, so that he could be more inside of me. So I just said, Lord, I'm going to surrender. Lord, I'll surrender that, that addiction. I will surrender that self-hatred. I will surrender that self-worth. I will surrender my successes. I will surrender my failures. I will surrender my regrets. And in the midst of doing all of that, the lid comes off and the glory comes in and God wants it for you. See, he sees you better than you see yourself because all you see is you. What he sees is you with him. All you see is a cup that's empty that you want to have filled and this is what he sees for you. A life immersed in the glory of God. A life lived well. Anybody pick up on the, the author of the book we're reading? What? What? Matthew. So from the moment the Lord called him, he already saw that he was going to be an apostle. He's going to be a writer. And he became known as Matthew the Evangelist. He went out from there and he went, I don't have a lot of history, but they say that Matthew just went north. He just took off north. He just started preaching at Galatia. He started, he started preaching to, to anyone that would receive. And he began to establish the church. And he began to move out as an apostle. And he was called Matthew the Evangelist. And he decided one day, many years later, I need to write down the accounts because I have a firsthand account of Jesus Christ. And he wrote a book. In the volume of books that is still the bestseller of all time. Amen. And he is an old greasy tax collector. He was a despised man. Don't you love it how the Lord just likes to take things and spin them on their head? Let me see. Um, I'm going to come to the earth, but I'm going to go into a virgin womb. What? Yeah, Joseph, um, the seed that is in Mary, your betrothed, uh, she's, she's with me. She's, she's mine. Do you understand that Mary would have been subject to stoning that day? 
And Jesus and the father was just like, I don't know if I can do this. It's so precarious. No, let's do it. <laughs> oh, there's a burning fiery furnace? Oh, no. What are we going to do? told him all that to start with sometimes uh, it's a bit much and we can't handle it and so we just like well let me tell you trust in the Lord with all your heart lean not into your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path uh, I've long since discovered I don't want to know everything all I need to know is the next step Lord where you want to go now let's take the next step I'm good with it you know I, I you know the nations are too far out there for me I just want to know Lord what's the next step and you keep putting enough steps behind you, you'll begin to discover where God has brought you from if you'll just follow him. I don't know. I don't know. You think the Lord is fretting over what's going on today? I do believe his heart hurts because he sees where he wants every individual to be in him. You guys go out. See, Matthew's writing this account. What he heard from Jesus that day. And many say that he was just, he was having a celebration because he's got a new life. Many historians believe that when he invited Jesus to the house, is to celebrate, to declare to everybody in the room. Starts here. Starts here. Could it be the healing God has in store for you is not a resistant on his part? Be good enough. I'm trying hard just to be good enough. Because every time something happens, my first question is, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? There must be something wrong with me. God wouldn't be doing this. My sin is too great. I deserve what I'm getting. We're going to talk about this more. But the Lord showed me the source of fear. The source of fear is me, my loneliness, believing that I have to fix whatever's wrong. It is the isolation that the enemy brings you to and says you have no other recourse but to suffer. And all along, the Lord is just saying, I didn't come for those who are well. I've come for the sick. Would you today let the Lord heal you by healing your broken heart? Musicians, I want you to make your way up unless you need to be in the altar. And let's let God... Let's let the Lord God 
As we choose to surrender the thing, the thing, could be shame, failure, regret. As you stand in this room today, Father, Father, reach beyond me. I didn't source this. Holy Spirit, you spoke this. Father, I pray for freedom, deliver. Could we sing that? Could I lose Elijah? There he comes. Shelba, could you lead that song you led earlier? You're in this house today. And you got this over your heart. I'm not telling you there's not consequences to actions. I'm not telling you that you, you, many times you get what you get because you did what you did. But what I am telling you is that without Christ you'll fail. And only through him can you succeed. And it's time to quit saying, God, I want you to follow me in all of my, all of my plans and start saying, Lord, I'm going to surrender and I'm just going to follow you. I'm just going to follow you. No matter where the road leads, God, I'm, I'm going to surrender this to you. And I believe the Lord is going to reach down right now. As you have said, God, I, I'm ready to receive. I'm ready to receive this message is for you right now and you're ready for a life alteration in your situation and you say Lord I'm not just gonna I'm not just gonna profess I'm gonna get up I'm not just gonna get up Lord God I'm gonna follow I'm coming after you Lord God I'm coming after you Lord God then I believe this is your day of change don't come down and apologize it's time to come down and repent it's time to come down and turn and begin to follow after the Lord. Come on. Come on. These altars are open. Lord, I won't be full. I, I, Lord, I, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready, Lord God. If you're... Hold, hold, just, hold just a minute. The Holy Spirit is shifting this thing. He's shifting this thing. If you're tired of this... If you're tired of this, if you're tired of this, the Holy Spirit says he wants to take it from you. If you're tired of this, come surrender. Come surrender. Let it go. Just let it go. Just let it go. And let the Lord begin to feel. Now, guys, begin to sing that song. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. These altars are open. These altars are open. Come on. Come on right now. In the name of Jesus, say, Lord, I, I, I want to live, God. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to receive. Come on. Come on. I'm ready to receive my healing. I'm ready to receive my deliverance. I'm ready. Oh, God, I can't do anymore. I can't do anymore, Lord God. You're going to have to speak it, Lord God. You're going to have to reach down, Lord God, and touch them, Lord. Immerse them, God, in your glory. Immerse them, Father, in your glory. 
Oh, Father, we're not coming, Lord God, to get, Lord God. We're coming to release and to let go, Father God. We're coming to let go this morning. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let me clarify this morning. If you want to be submerged in the glory of God, get out of your seat and come to this altar. No more, no more lids, Lord. No more lids, Lord. But a total submersion in your glory. A total submersion in your glory. Oh, Father, thank you. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that we... Andrew, come help me pray. Come help me pray. Lance, follow me. Chris, follow her.
this object up here. Andrea made an observation. If it wasn't for the logos on those cups, you wouldn't even know that they're in there. We want to get lost in Jesus. Lord, that's our prayer today. We've been lost in the world. We've been lost in our sin. We've been lost under the tyranny of Satan. We've been lost in self. We won't get lost in you. We want to come in the house. People have to come searching, wondering where we're at. Where, where'd he go? Where's Mike? He's lost in the house. He's lost in Jesus. Lost in heaven. Father, we love you. We love you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We are committed to your freedom. We are committed to your liberation. To be filled, to overflowing, submerged in God. If you want to know where we're going, that's where we're headed. That's where we're headed. God bless you. Ladies, have a lunch next door. They're prepared for you. We're going to bless food and you guys take off. Now, if you guys want to go eat somewhere, just let me know at the, at the back. We'll, we'll take off and we'll invade someplace today. And uh, just as long as there's meat, we're okay. All right? So if you want to go out and hang with some guys today, just let me know at the back. You don't want to eat by yourself. Uh, just